does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. The latest on the Colts head coaching search, pretty quiet start to the week. I think that's kind of the expectation, unless the Colts want to go with second interviews from uh, guys that are out of the playoffs. Tom Pelissero earlier today mentioned this report for Dan Quinn. The Cardinals are flying in Dan Quinn tonight for a second interview for their head coaching job. Quinn also is a top candidate for the Broncos and the Colts who want to bring him in later this week. So, Jake, I think that is something to keep in mind. Do you see coveted candidates, and I think Quinn, D'Amico Ryan, Sean Payton, those would qualify as that. They can kind of control some of this. And if they start to be a finalist in a certain area or with a certain franchise, do we see other teams panic a little bit and start to get some dominoes to fall? So um, that'll be something to keep an eye on talk more about the Colts head coaching search Joel A. Erickson joins us here from the Indianapolis Star Joel good morning hey how's it going guys it's going great um good luck with your kids in the snow tomorrow are are we rooting for (laughs) a snow day in the Erickson household or no we need we need no we need no full snow day they can be delayed we don't we don't need the full snow day for we don't want the flex day to get uh get taken up it's a great uh, point. For HSE schools. Yep. Forgot about the old flex day. Where, where do they slot uh, that? Like in the springtime somewhere? No, it's like right in February, which if the Colts uh, get their coaching search done by towards the end, by the middle of February, I'd actually have time oh, off. Oh, this thing's so. going into July, man. I, I mean, <laughs> I know it's Indy 500 week, but later today the Colts are announcing their final two. Be sure to call in 800-999 if you want Jeff Saturday. I mean, that's what it feels like to me, Joel. I'm becoming more and more cynical by the day. Joel, are, are you surprised by how things have unfolded here two weeks in, whether it's the amount of names? Um, I think Chris Ballard kind of warned us patience would be preached. And I mentioned this earlier. He interviewed five candidates in 2018 and hired Josh McDaniels. If he was interviewing five candidates right now and made a hire, I think people would be absolutely ripping him for doing the same thing he did in 2018. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think, you know, what's about Ballard telegraphed all this to us, I think. He he said, because he said it's going to be a wide-ranging search, doesn't matter offense or defense. Uh, he said the thing, but I don't care if this goes till mid-February. We're going to be patient. We're going to take our time. We're going to get it right. Uh, so from from what he told us in his press conference, it's gone pretty much that way so far. Joel, I'm going to give you multiple choice here, okay? I'll try to make it as concise as possible. A, Chris Ballard is publicly doing a vast search because he wants to do everything he can to prohibit Jim Irsay from hiring Jeff Saturday. B, Chris Ballard is doing an exhaustive long-form search because he knows Jeff Saturday is going to be hired and he wants to at least make the appearance that they did a long search. C, none of the above. Uh, so on B, I keep seeing that um, floated as a possibility. You know, if you, you tweet out an interview or whatever, fans will say, you know they're just doing this to to cover their tracks for when they hire Saturday. 
I don't think that would actually work. If if that's what they're if that's if that is in fact what they're trying to do, I think I don't think it would work. I think that the reaction, regardless, it would almost make it worse. Maybe um, in terms of the reaction with people saying, "Hey, you brought all these guys in for interviews, and then you gave them sham interviews to hire the guy you were going to hire in the first place." I, I don't think that would work at all, actually. So uh, A seems like the most likely version to me because I, I think Chris is smart enough to understand how that would be perceived. Uh, now, I, obviously, they could still go with him, but I, I, don't think, I don't think them interviewing a bunch of people is going to help the reaction uh, in any way, shape, or form, either nationally or locally, uh, if they hire Jeff Saturday. Do you think it's unusual, though, that – and I get it, and, and I, I can appreciate the transparency because they've taken the, the, the meat out of the hands of the speculative. My sources tell me this person's being interviewed and whatever else. So they're being transparent. Kudos to them for that. I guess we should appreciate that from a media perspective. However, do you find it unusual that Chris Ballard would go through this entire process to gen- then just hand over and let Jim Irsay make the pick? Um. No, I mean, ultimately, technically, the owner is going to make the pick anyway because it's one of the three. Ursa has said before he thinks it's it's his, you know, top. His, his job is to handle the top three positions, uh, the three pillars, the, you know, coach, quarterback, and GM. Um, it It is probably a little bit. It, usually when you make that decision, though, and you hand it over, the GM is expecting that his pick is going to uh, get greenlit. So, that's that I think is the most interesting piece of this to me is uh is this going to go the way it would go in most NFL cities where the GM's pick is is probably going to get greenlit or is it gonna go the way we've wondered if it's gonna go where it's Ballard does a lot of work and recommends somebody and then Ursay hires who he wants to hire. He's Joel Erickson for the Annapolis Star, he's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. How about this from Brian here? Jake, I recently found out that Joel's wife is my son's kindergarten teacher. She's good people. Oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, Mrs. Erickson running a great classroom there in the HSC school district. So There we go. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I like sh- that. Shout out there. Thank you for sharing that, Brian. Uh, if she's anything like her husband, I can only uh, assume she is good people. Um, this might sound like a ludicrous statement to make, but it's Jim Mercer, so I don't think it's that ludicrous, Joel. Do you think Jim Mercer is paying attention to social media? And seize the venom towards Jeff Saturday. I I thought that he was paying attention towards social media during the season. I thought I, I felt like some of the stuff that he was saying Boy, was that, directed. Yeah, that tweet after the Raiders game. Yeah, was directed was directed directly at social media, um, and I, I mean. He never referenced like Twitter or anything like that. But like you said, the tweet after the Raiders game, some of the other, some of the stuff he said in the press conference felt like it was direct responses to stuff I've been seeing uh, on social media. And if if he is paying attention to it, I I think like like you said, you you have to know that the fan base would not be excited about that. Um, you know, uh, one of the Colts. Uh, was that, you know, there, there's lots of Colts fans who are who have pretty big Twitter followings, and one of them is uh, VV Jones, the guy named Cannon, who's a pretty good dude. And he tweeted a poll last weekend, uh, you know, and it was basically who do you who do you want as a Colts fan as as coach Jeff Saturday or anybody else? 
I think it was like 92 to 8 again. 92% to 8% again. And and I feel like that if you look at like when they tweeted out the interview and all the replies to it, I think it would be surprising to me if they didn't know how the fans feel about it at this point. Because the, the replies to that tweet, was it was like 25, it felt like 25 to 1 again. Uh, making that higher. So it, I do think that they probably have to know something about the way the fan base is feeling, at least the way we're seeing it play out on social media. Joel, I think we asked you this a couple weeks ago, and again, Joel A. Erickson is with us from the Indianapolis Star, and now that it's played out that Sean Payton has interviewed with four of the five teams that have an opening, he has not interviewed with Indianapolis. Is that Sean Payton balking at the Colts, considering his public comments about stability and ownership in front office? Or do you think it's the Colts having hesitation about giving up whatever draft pick they would need to for Sean Payton? So I've, I've poked around on this. Obviously, I used to cover the Saints in New Orleans. I've poked around on this, and, and it's kind of hard to pin down. With it. Peyton, the ownership thing with Peyton is, is that's not lip service. He really does mean that, and he has – uh, it has influenced his decisions in the past with what he believe, what he thinks about the ownership group. So I, I definitely think that that's, there's, there's, you know, weight behind the words of what he said. And then obviously the other thing he said was when he went on the Colin Cowherd thing, he thought it would be a mid to late round first, uh, first round pick. The Colts, obviously their pick is the fourth pick in the draft. Um, I don't know that there's, gosh, maybe any coach that I would trade a pick that I could get a franchise quarterback for. Um, and I, I think the Saints uh, do want to get at least a first-round pick out of this. So uh, I, I, I could be either one, and I was, I've never been able to pin down exactly quite which one it is, or if it's a combination of both. Uh, it could be a combination of both things as they went through the, the, vet, as they went through the, the initial process. Um, Peyton could have told the Saints, hey, I, you know, hold them up for a ransom and then they did and the Colts were like I don't want to pay that so um but it is interesting because it is four of the five uh and you know my my friend Nick Underhill who's uh, the guy on the Saints beat reported that all five teams inquired so the Colts definitely inquired and it just never went beyond that uh which is interesting Joel do you believe that there's the possibility that of the openings in the NFL that the Indianapolis Colts are lower on a coach who has some flexibility of where he goes. That, in other words, if a coach is looking at multiple options, you're Dan Quinn. You've got Arizona. You got Denver. You got Indianapolis. Do you think there's the possibility that Indianapolis slots lower because of unreasonable expectation from the owner as to how close the franchise is to being competitive? Uh, I think I think that's definitely possible. I mean, it's definitely possible, and I think there's some other things, that the other factors that could push those other jobs up. I mean, Denver, uh, you have a quarterback who played terribly last year, but it's, it's also a quarterback who's, you know, been a top-eight quarterback before in the league. Plus, they have very, very deep-pocketed owners uh, who are willing to do just about whatever it takes uh, in their new ownership. Arizona's got a quarterback. Houston has a ton of draft capital. Um, and uh, Carolina also has incredibly deep pockets uh, in the ownership group. And so um, I, I do think that based on what we know, depending on 
you know, and you know, we 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 haven't had any reports about what the what the Colts are offering their their head coach. Obviously, Frank Reich, based on what we know of what he was getting paid, they have they have the ability to pay a head coach um, a significant contract. But yeah, I, I do think that there are reasons that it 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 looks like that you would maybe put them as fifth or fourth on the list, and probably fifth. Although Carolina Carolina's quarterback situation would scare me. Um, but it hasn't seemed to scare off coaching candidates. Again, he's Joel A. Erickson from the Indianapolis Star. Not only does he cover the Colts, but he's married to an extremely impressive kindergarten teacher in the HSC school <laughs> district. We learned that from Brian this morning, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, again, Joel is with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. All right, Joel, 13 candidates. I want to say six offense, five defense. Throw Jeff Saturday, I guess, on offense maybe. Um Bubba Ventrone, Rich Passaccia, the two special teams coordinators. Give me an offensive candidate and a defensive candidate that stands out for you. Uh, Quinn, and I'm going to give you two defensive candidates right off the bat. Uh, Quinn and uh, and Raheem Morris stand out to me because they're the ones who've got experience in the role. Um, the only candidates that have the yeah, coaching experience. Who have who have the full full off season coaching experience. Uh, in the role, and that's that, that's interesting because sometimes you know sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you end up. Uh, Dan Quinn got undone a little bit in Atlanta because they could never quite get the defensive talent he needed. I feel like the Colts' defensive talent is in a pretty good place, um, but I, I, I obviously he's very highly respected. I mean, I think before he even interviewed with Denver, people were like, "That might be the guy if they don't get Peyton." Uh, Raheem Morris has been in the McVay system now for a while, which means he had access to all of those uh, offensive coordinators and coaches that run that system that makes life easy on quarterbacks. It was probably a good thing for a rookie to play in. And then on offense, uh, Shane Steichen is interesting to me because he's, he's a little bit of a continuation for this franchise because he comes from uh, Frank Reich's coaching tree, obviously Uh, both, both having coached with Frank and and now coaching with Nick Sirianni, and then and then the other one that's interesting, and I don't and you don't know a ton about him, is just Brian Callahan's story is interesting to me. It was just looking him up in Cincinnati, like he's got the famous dad, he's the one of the great offensive line coaches of all time, and uh, he's on he's on record as saying he never wanted to use that, and so he's never worked with his dad. It's just interesting, just interesting in a business where there's lots of father-son coaching combos and usually their their paths cross at one point or the other especially early in the younger one's coaching career and it's never happened for him that's that's interesting to me um plus obviously the work with burrow which we've we've all seen how good burrow is yeah and burrow is pretty darn good coming out of college i mean i'm not taking anything away from him right yeah yeah, yeah you're right no you're fair that's i mean fair. you know that let me let me read you something. Joel A. Erickson is our guest, Indianapolis Stars, where you can read his work. He's on the Payless Sickers hotline. To be fair to Jeff Saturday, I, I guess to provide both sides of the coin, I want to read you something, Joel, and I want you to respond to it. But this was just sent to me by James. As a Colts fan, I want Jeff Saturday to have a full season with an experienced play caller. He wasn't afraid to call out the offensive line for not protecting their quarterback. I don't really care who media or others think should be the coach. He should be given a fair shake. Is that a fair statement? I, I, my, my thing has always been that he 
he did get a fair shake, and it's not from me or the media saying it. It's from him saying it and from the owner saying it. And Jim Irsay said, again, you know, it's a, it's a good reminder. When he had the opening press conference, we saw them going down, and I, we had to do something to stop it. And that's, that, was the re, that was one of the reasons given for hiring Jeff Saturday. Saturday said over and over again, I'm being judged on W's and L's here. That's all I care about. Every decision he made, he said, was about, was about wins. And so it's, it's not us. I don't think it's us in the media focusing unduly on, on his record. It's, it's us holding them to the standard that they set for themselves. And Joel A. Erickson is with us here from the Indianapolis Star. Joel, I think one thing that Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard do align on in this search is wanting the type of personality that Jeff Saturday has and a little bit more you know, it doesn't have to be crazy fire and brimstone, but just a little bit more of that than maybe Frank Reich was offering. And I know that has to come off as sounding like a shot at Frank Reich. It's typically just how people operate with hires. You typically hire the 180 from the previous guy. I mean, the the Pacers certainly followed that script in going from Nate McMillan to Nate, Nate Bjorkren to Rick Carlisle. Um, so I assume the Colts would do the same thing. Given that, given a little bit more, whatever, public accountability, fire and brimstone, however you want to call it, which candidates from what you know would kind of fit that script? Uh, so D'Amico Ryans, uh, I know when they were asking him about his his uh, evolution as a coach, uh, they were kind of the, – the, the writers in San Francisco were kind of asking him questions about, like, him having to learn to soften up a little bit because <laughs> he's so because he, you know he's a former linebacker his tendency is to be intense um so he's he's one that i think would fall into that that category um you know uh he he's the one that sticks out that's the one that, that i've 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 looked at 13 of these guys and so some of it's running together sure but that was the one that sticks out as like somebody who kind of had that reputation i think there's a few more of them um, I think I think the biggest thing though is, and and this may have been, this may have been one of the things that that uh, hurt Reich was if if you're not the fire and brimstone guy, you have to make sure you have to have those guys on the staff in certain in in the right spots, and I don't necessarily know um, if they quite replaced Sirianni was that guy. Right, Marcus Brady and Frank Reich were too similar in my opinion in that regard. Uh, and so I, I want, and so even if you're not hiring that guy, you like the, it's got to be part of the staff consideration of, uh, you know, do you have somebody else who's going to bring that if you're if you're bringing more of the positive energy type of type of coach. Joel, last one from me. Um, do you think Chris Ballard and or Jim Mersey put any stock in last year? Six of the eight final coaches came from offensive backgrounds. Of the final four teams last year, all four offensive background coach. This year, seven of the eight final teams offensive background. And again, all four left in the playoffs come from offensive backgrounds. Do you think Ballard and or Ursay put much stock into that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, obviously, the search hasn't gone. Like, it's not like Carolina where they have their interim coach and then everybody else is an offensive guy. Um, but it's it, – it's a good question because I don't – all Ballard said was that he was open to offensive or defensive sides of the ball. But given that they're, we're expecting them to draft a rookie quarterback, given what the head coach can add uh, 
even if he's not calling the plays. You know, like Nick Sirianni's not calling the plays in Philadelphia. But I think, obviously, him and Steichen are working pretty heavily together on the game plan. It's something that has to be taken into consideration. It's just the way the NFL has been trending. Like you said, it's 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 supposed to be a results-based business. In the last couple of years, the results say that offensive-based coaches have a have a better chance of getting further. Um, but I mean, I, I would guess my guess would be knowing or just talking to Chris Ballard in the past that he would feel like a defensive background doesn't preclude you as long as you're going to hire the right kind of staff. Um, that's actually one of the reasons that Raheem Morris is interesting to me too, is because he's kind of both, uh, which is which is a different kind of which is, which is a different background. Obviously, primarily defense, but spent spent four years, I think, as a wide receivers coach in Atlanta. Joel under Dan Quinn this year, and I've made this reference several times on this program, but this past year when I was calling the Indy Five Hundred. Marcus Erickson was a name that didn't have a lot of clout and cachet before winning the Indy 500. But when I went back and looked at the race and looked at my little flip chart that I do when I write down the top eight on restarts and stuff when I'm calling the turns, I thought to myself, you know, when he was the name or he was the driver that was in the top eight the entire race. Other guys, you know, he, he wasn't in the lead the whole time, but he was just there the entire time. And, and then he ends up winning the race. Give me the one coach that as you have been covering this coaching search, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's the guy you think may end up with the job or that you would put your money on, but you keep going back to him and he keeps getting mentioned and he keeps seemingly surfacing as one that you can't overlook. It would be who? I I think Morris falls into that category. The head coaching experience when he was really young, um, there's there's been a push both publicly and privately on his candidacy from Sean McVay. Uh, the, the the experience on both sides of the ball. Uh, McVay saying a lot of stuff about how Raheem Morris has been an advisor to him. Like in terms of you know markers that you're talking about that might slip through, I think that's the kind of stuff that maybe people don't look at as much. But in terms of getting prepared and doing all that stuff, that that's kind of what feels like that to me. Is like. He's he spent a long time now in a lot of different systems, bit rebuilding his resume after what happened in Tampa, and and then on top of that, he has he actually has the experience of of having been in Tampa as a head coach uh, on his own too. So I, I think that that's he's probably the one that feels like that. He is team two hour delay tomorrow morning. He is Joel A. Erickson. Uh, from the Indianapolis Star. Joel, I think you're going to get your wish. I don't know. I feel like sometimes when you get out into the you know, HSC school district, my, my mom actually used to teach in that school district, I feel like they cited a little bit more snow, flat-out snow day, than just the two-hour delay. Yeah, I, I I, don't know if I have a good feel for it over the last couple of years. I feel like... Uh, I don't we've had any this year, have we? No, there hasn't really been anything that would warrant it. Um, and it's it's hard to remember. Uh, I I know I know the people making the call, and uh, uh, you know there's, they they do a good job. I have, I have to give a shout out to our, our road crew too, because my brother's on the road crew here at Fishers, so um, they they do a good job out here with the roads. But I, I don't I don't know if I have a good idea of of which way it goes in terms of. Sounds like your brother's got, got some control. Cool. If he just oversleeps, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> Roads don't get plowed, and we're going snow day. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. Um, 
he's 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 pretty he's pretty big on the on the clearing though. He likes to have his section be be you know as as good as it can sure. be. Sure. Well, it'll be something to watch, of course, tomorrow morning. Joel, thanks for the time, man. Yeah, you bet. Oh, his other advice is don't drive around snowplows. That's a bad idea. Yeah. I, I, let them control yeah, the roadways that, that would tomorrow. Be an yeah. Awesome gig. Follow I, I would, them. I Thank would you, Joel. Love to-